This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Fitz, and if you don't know who I am, here's a quick bio. Veteran sports journalist who writes, does TV, radio, and is a longtime podcaster. Also, I have stage 4 prostate cancer, so my doctors advise me to stay home during these COVID-19 concerns. So what am I doing with my time? I'm calling some of the many friends, athletes, coaches, and colleagues who have been part of my life during more than 30 years in journalism. Oh, and I'm hitting the record button. Welcome to my life and the Life of Fitz podcast. There are probably few college beat writers who primarily focus on covering one school sports better known in sports writing than Chip Brown. The guy is a heavyweight in our industry and has never been afraid to use his many sources connected to the University of Texas and around college athletics to push a story into the national conversation. When the last round of college conference realignment went down, it was Brown who cracked open the Pac-10's play to steal six schools from the Big 12, including Texas. Texas zigged when most expected the Longhorns to zag toward the Pac-10, and the Big 12 survived, eventually adding West Virginia and TCU and moving forward with 10 schools. Between his platform with Horns 24-7, the Texas site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and his morning radio show in Austin, Brown carries a very big stick in one of the most prominent college sports markets. And somewhere along the way, the two of us became pretty darn good friends. We share a background of being former newspaper guys who found ongoing life in what is known as new media. But at the core, we are communicators who love breaking news and doing it through diverse media formats. I didn't cover Kansas State's game in Austin this season due to my health issues, so I'm overdue to get caught up with Chip. Now let's give him a call down in the hill country of Texas. Fitzy. Hey, brother. How are you? How you doing, my man? I'm good, man. I'm really good. Yeah? Just got some nice weather in Manhattan, Kansas, and the wife's out back on the porch doing some work. She's doing her phone calls from outside. And you're staying nice and sheltered in place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just stay away from me, everyone. Good. Uh, I, I like to tell people I'm not worried about uh, you giving me a virus. I will give you cancer. I have infectious <laughs> cancer. I will give it to you. And people stay away. It works. That, that, that's all they need to hear. <clears throat> yeah. Nobody, especially if you're female, you don't want prostate cancer. It's hard to explain. Well, it's, it's complicated. <clears throat> it's, it's really, really complicated. I, you know, I figure I can explain it really well. Kirk Herbstreet's now into uh, medical stuff. So why can't I be? Oh, yeah. What'd Dr. You, Fitz. What do you think of his comments? I just thought it was sort of 
premature. I mean, let's let's let the sixty days play out. Yeah, and see where we are. I mean, people are already in times of uncertainty. A voice they rely on for something that's that important to them. I get that he has his opinions and and all that, but it just seemed like even if you feel that way, don't you just kind of hold off until yeah, we agree better picture. I mean, we don't have all the information. Plus, can't we all use a little optimism right now? I mean, yes, that's <clears throat> even if it's irrational, I want a little optimism. Like, right. we're going to get through this. We're we're America. We're going to get through this. And and he's like, no football. We're not going to have any. Yeah. Like, no. That's yeah, not power of positive. Thank you, Fitz. What happened to that? I know. I know. We're all doom and gloom nowadays. Um, I what do I know? This is my first pandemic that I know of. I mean, maybe there was another pandemic I didn't know about. Well, H one N one, right? But twelve thousand people died from that. I guess. I guess that's was, that's not going to be much of a comparison. Was that a I pandemic? With the spike, I think it was a pandemic. Oh, oh damned! See, yeah. I didn't even know I was in a pandemic. Sometimes those pandemics just slide right by. I don't know about you, but I thought when they had a pandemic, the shit was hitting the fan. Not just, uh, you know, people are starting to die somewhere. I thought it was like, uh, I'm crossing the street and I die. That's a pandemic. Maybe that's an epidemic. I don't know. I don't know the difference. I, someone out there knows more about demics than I do, apparently. I, I just thought it'd be I'm a just, good deal. I'm just trying to do what they tell me. Good, obedient citizen. Just... I'm a I'm a pathetic sheep following the herd. Mm-hmm. I got to stay home. Okay. I got to be really honest here. I'm deep in my core libertarian, but I'm beginning to wrestle with my own ability to just go along. Like I have Alexas all over the house. I'm sorry. She just she just woke up when I said her name. So the government's probably listening to me record this podcast in case I say something. And now the government comes out and tells me just stay at home and don't leave your house. And uh, don't do anything. And I'm like, okay, I'll do that. I mean, you know, but I know it's for the best. I know it's for the best for me. Yes, especially you. Uh, We have to protect you, Fitzy. Yeah. This is frustrating. Just because I am doing it, Mr. Lack of Self-Discipline has not left my property in two weeks now. And everyone else is out there like... Hey, let's go do stuff. And I'm like, no, no, you're no, you, no. But then the, you know, that libertarian, I mean, he's like, okay, the government told you to do something. You're not doing it. Yeah. Way to go. But it doesn't work that way right now. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, I learned something about you. I did not previously know. Oh, I was talking to Bobby Burton Bobby. About, about how you guys started up a site. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. We were, uh, In the day. It was uh, early 90s. It was the early 90s, and I was restless. And Bobby and I were looking at um, recruiting now. We had a whole business proposal, and I thought it was a good proposal. I mean, it was online recruiting before online recruiting was cool. And um, we just had no way of going about raising the millions of dollars you needed. You know, nor did we have any... Uh, idea that it would take that kind of capital, but 
Yeah, so it just, in fact, I home shopped in Austin. Becky and I went down there. We're looking in Austin and Round Rock before, you know, things went totally nuts. We were were in. I was all in. If we'd found the money, we would have done it. But instead, we all ended up working at Rivals, and then uh, wherever Shannon Terry goes, I will follow. So, yeah, that's the story on that. Can you feel that good about Shannon? And yeah, I mean, you have a much longer track record than I do. He's seen every turn in our industry. He's so well versed in what's going on in stuff that we don't see. It's like he sees over the horizon, so he knows where what's coming up and yeah and, um, and it seems like he uses comicbook.com to test everything out yeah it's kind of fun he started up a lot of things and made a lot of money and done it in different ways i mean rivals was a subscription based 24 7 originally was a facebook video advertising driven incredibly profitable facebook changed that now he's altered it kind of half and half now we're running the free funnel of information that is advertising driven and we run the vip funnel of information that's subscription driven and it works man it works it's beautiful yeah i'm confident i'm in the right place at 247 will be the the final play in this industry when it's all said and done someone will always try but you know it'll be a definitive winner when it's all said and done i'm, I'm I agree. very confident of that what's austin like right now man austin is well when they shut down the uh, South by Southwest yeah. festival, that was like the shot across the bow, really, in the United States. Um, that was really good for for thinking. And I thought it was premature, and boy, was I wrong. They were all I, over I agree. It. I agree, because 20% of the people coming in for South by Southwest were coming from Asia. Oh. And... You know, for for the tech, it's tech, music, and um, entertainment. But the tech side of South by Southwest, 20% were coming in from Asia. So I give them credit, man. They relied on the the UT uh, professors and research who were telling them this this is coming and we need to be careful. And, and now here we all are. So... Yeah, that was uh, that was definitely a, a wow, but it turned out to be, you know, prescient. That, however, in terms of economic impact, is devastating for Austin small businesses. Devastating. Oh my. Three hundred million dollars. Man. In a month span, to the Austin economy. That's a pretty good little event. I didn't know there was tech involved. I've just always been wrapped up in the music. Always wanted to come down for the music. Right, right. I saw a six encore performance by Prince. Oh my God! At uh, South by Southwest in a tiny venue called La Zona Rosa. It's a little. I mean, there were maybe five hundred to a thousand people in there. Get out! And I had a friend who helped me get in. And here's the sad thing: I left after the third encore. What? Because I thought huh. it's one in the morning. And it, the, it, there was just a long pause, like a really long pause. And, and so I thought it was over. So I left and he came back out and played three more encores and played like all of his really old stuff that I love. That's incredible. So it was, yeah, amazing. I mean, is there etiquette for encores? Is there a point where the audience is like, no more, no, go right. away. I guess right. not, not with Prince. I mean, not with Prince. And he was playing like three songs. 
for Encore. And the first two times he came out, it was pretty quickly after. He was just kind of like messing. You know, he's like being shy. And then he, you know, came back out. And and so they brought up the lights, which I found out later. He was like, what are y'all doing? I'm just getting a, you had to go to the bathroom and get a drink of water. And he apparently came back out and said, y'all are in trouble tonight because I'm feeling frisky. And he went till three in the morning. Man. That's, that's the kind epic. of stuff that happens at South by Southwest. Yeah, I've never Justin had that Timberlake. kind of concert experience, no. Yeah, Timberlake just shows up, you know, and does a flash concert. And you're like, what? You know, if they can find a venue and the artist is willing, you'll see crazy concerts just pop up out of nowhere. That's so much better than my unexpected concert story that I feel ashamed to tell this story, but I'm going to because I have no shame. In <laughs> Nashville, many, many years ago for a Rivals conference, uh, and we're at the Tin Roof before the Tin Roof turned into a chain and got obnoxious. The original Tin Roof down there on Music Row or near Music Row. It's a really cool, it's kind of a shotgun bar, you know, it's long, skinny. And at the back is a loading dock. The band can play inside if the weather's bad or outside if the weather's good. There's a little patio. Nobody's inside. And I'm like, where is everyone? And waitress said, everyone's outside listening to the music. I don't know what's going on tonight. It's just one of the bands that plays here all the time. So I go out there and listen. Well, the poor lead singer for this band is standing at the back of the stage looking really pissed off because Clay Walker has climbed on stage and he's singing lead. Now, I don't know if you know Clay Walker's you know, 90s country guy, but they're not playing country. Like, I remember him singing David Bowie and nailing every lyric. I'm like, why does wow. Clay Walker know these songs? But he wouldn't leave. He wouldn't get off the stage. And the lead singer is about ready to kill him. But the rest of the band is in heaven. The, the crowd's just going nuts. So he comes off the stage and I start talking to him because I had just seen him a couple of years prior at the big country stampede event that used to be in Manhattan. It just moved last year. And uh, he was out of his mind drunk. I'm like, how how are you even singing? How I don't understand this. You can't communicate to me, but yet you're just up here singing David Bowie and knowing all the lyrics. So that's when I realized that musicians are kind of savants. You know, they just can they can do that thing whenever they need to do it. Except for Toby Keith, who gets too drunk and can't remember his lyrics. But <laughs> he's, oh, do, he's done that to me twice in concert. And I'm like, okay, Toby. Uh -oh. yeah, he, no. He, How hard is it to remember Red Soul or what? Yeah, Red Solo Cup. That was literally one of the songs he forgot the lyrics to. And they had taped the lyrics. He was out on the runway, the little skinny runway. So he's kind of out in the crowd. They had taped the lyrics on the ground in front of him, on the stage in front of him. And I think he was too drunk to read them and he forgot them. Oh my gosh. And the other time he forgot the lyrics was I Want to Be a Cowboy, his first freaking hit. And he forgot the lyrics. I mean, I thought Red Solo Cup was like Boomer Sooner. There's only like three words in it. <laughs> he probably doesn't remember those lyrics either. So anyhow, I love going to concerts. I always wanted to come down to South by Southwest and, and see maybe more of the eclectic mix, although I would go see JT. I've never seen Timberlake, and I'd love that. You know, I went to see him, and I'm a believer. Uh, my producer on the morning radio show, I do – she has like restraining orders against her because she's <laughs> Timberlake fan. And I was like, she goes, I, I can get us tickets to the Dallas show on the floor. They just released them. Do you want to go? And I was like, you know what? Let's go. 
And so we did, and so glad I did because that guy can perform. Yeah, that's he's he'd be on my bucket list. There's not many modern artists on my bucket list, but he certainly would be on my list of people to yeah, see. I'm yeah. a believer. Yeah, I'm that way with Michael Bublé. I say it with great shame and pride mixed together. I've seen Bublé. Yeah, I've seen him. I've got uh, number five coming up uh, in May if it lasts, if it makes it. He's canceled most of the shows leading up to it, but in Des Moines. I'm going to go up there with the wife, and I bet you that gets canceled here pretty soon. But hopefully it'll get rescheduled sometime. You know that what it'll do, it reschedule it during football season, and I'm screwed. Uh, but... Luckily, Kirk Herbstreit could go to that concert because he's not observing football <laughs> season. <laughs> what are you doing to fill your time? What all is going in into University of Texas sports right now that is helping you pass the days? You know, there's been just enough news. Texas has a lot of Olympians. Yeah, that sucks. Um, so I ended up doing a big story on Kat Osterman, the softball pitcher who was the only collegian on the on the 2004 gold medal team. And then she threw a regret pitch that turned into a home run against Japan in the gold medal game in 08, and they lost that game. And then softball disappeared from the Olympics. Weird, I know. For 12 and 16, because now they let the the host city, you know, pick like a handful of sports that are more attractive to their region so that it helps with interest in the games and they can knock off sports like uh baseball and softball i don't get so that. baseball and softball disappeared until 20 and then they're back off the list for paris france doesn't get into softball and baseball and then what what sports do they had like Truffle eating? I skateboarding. Don't... Oh, for God's sakes. Oh, yeah. Skateboarding is one of them. It's ballroom dancing, wine tasting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's you're you're going. Are you kidding me? But um, then baseball and softball will be back for the 28 Olympics in L.A. So cats, you know, she wants to do it. She hasn't been able to do it. Uh, she'll be 38. Mm. when she pitches um but, but that under her motions way the shoulder's supposed to go right yeah. right they don't have the problems baseball can players still make do. it make it work <laughs> i mean in their what the tour that they just did that was leading up to the olympics she had a point six nine era that's pretty good it's pretty good that's the thing i don't like about softball i generally enjoy softball i mean it's such a it's like um playing a sport in a closet you know, everything's just so compacted. The third baseman's, you know, standing. Go ahead. Hit me in the face with the bat. That's how close they are sometimes. Right. But a dominant pitcher just shuts everything down. They're so close throwing it so hard with so much motion. I don't know how they ever contact the ball, but they do. You know, that's the only thing about softballs. You can have one incredible pitcher and be an incredible team. You know, it kind of. It's so magnified at that one spot, and right. they can pitch every yeah. game. It's not like right. baseball where you got to have three starters, four starters at college, and middle and closing and get right. a couple pitchers, you're set. Kansas State doesn't have softball. What do I know?
Hey, it's Fitz. Let's hit the pause button right here and take a little break. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, let's let's talk about. Uh, here's what's been of interest lately is you know the Big 12s, um, you know guidelines, coronavirus guidelines, and and how they were a little bit more restrictive than the the Pac-12 and the ACC, who really just kind of uh, canceled spring sports and then said no organized team activities. Didn't go in to detail like the big 12 and sec about no meetings. And so, you know, the big 12 has not, they're not, they haven't been supposed to be conducting uh, virtual meetings until Monday. And meanwhile, the ACC pac 12 big 10 have been and sent equipment out to student athletes to use. I don't understand the big 12. I never have. What is the purpose of restricting coaches from interacting with their student athletes? Right. People they're supposed to help guide through the collegiate process. And particularly now when the norm of doing things has been broken down to say you can only meet with them virtually for two hours a week. How does that make sense? Right. I want to get into expansion with you, but as a as like a outside reference to expansion, this is what's wrong with the conference. It has such muddled thinking on stuff. It doesn't see the world in ways that what is advantageous to us? What can we do for us? It's like, well, let's slow down and think about everyone else's feelings. Well, no, no, that's not how, you know, if the NCAA wants to put out mandates, let's follow those, but let's not self-restrict ourselves so much that we're no longer competitive. And that's what they're doing in this, this situation. I've never understood about the conference. I always think, what would Nick Saban do? Yeah. Because Nick Saban, when they had no restrictions on strength coaches, he had a strength coach for every position group. And and then when the word got around that he was basically conducting practice during the summer, they restricted strength coaches to – you know, a staff of three, and then they said you could have football analysts. You know, you could have as many analysts as you wanted. So he builds an NFL front office. Yep. And he's always going to push into the gray. And that's how Larry Scott thinks. That's how, you know, the Big Ten established that mindset under Jim Delaney. And and Bob Bowlesby is – 
he's that he's that accountant that that finds every dime you owe instead of every dime you can save. That's a good description. Yeah. And everybody trusts Bob Bowlesby. He's you can take his word to the bank. He's not going to lie. And he's going to monetize what you have as best possible. He's going to. They've got a small front office staff. They've got not big fancy offices like the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, they're fiscally responsible. But now you kind of want a gunslinger when the next round of expansion comes around. Right. Right. And. It's funny that you say next round of expansion because I think it's potential realignment, but I'm not I'm not so sure it happens this time because the one thing that has changed since 2010 is the cable model right. has sort of given way to streaming. Right. And no better example than ESPN, you know, hedging their bet by buying up half of BAM technology, the you know, the biggest and best streaming company, um, MLB's streaming company, and starting ESPN Plus and, you know, buying the UFC to put on ESPN Plus. Even the Big 12 has content on ESPN Plus. And so, you know, now they're in the streaming business. And that's, it just feels like that's where it's going, but we don't quite know yet because we haven't, we haven't really heard if Amazon or Facebook or Netflix or Hulu are going to be big time bidders in the next round of media rights negotiations. We'll we'll actually find out from some of the other P5 conferences first. But, you know, if you look at realignment and this has been speculated on since since 2010 when the Pac-12 tried to I mean they had three options on the table for the PAC 10 at that point, PAC 10 presidents and chancellors. It was a full blown merge of the, the big 12 and PAC 10, a 22 team league. Um, the option that they ultimately went with, which was the six big 12 schools that the, the PAC 10 tried to lure. And then the third option was Utah and Colorado, which they ultimately ended up with. Man, that's after the first two, that's a really disappointing prom date. Right. And now Colorado is sitting there going, why did we leave? Because financially, it's not been what they thought it was going to be. No. And everyone wanted to get mad at Texas. And it is what it is. But everybody looked at Texas as the savior or the reason that the Big 12 went from 12 to 10. Right. And at the end of the day, ESPN, and I've said this from day one, ESPN gave Texas the Longhorn Network $300 million over a 20-year span, completely overpaid for third-tier television rights, simply to keep Texas in the Big 12. They had to give them a deal so sweet that Texas would never, ever, ever tear up that contract. Right. And they won't. It's all backloaded. It's all backloaded, Fitzy. So when that deal started, it was it was about uh nine million a year. It's just now getting to where it's fifteen million a year, which is the average. All that all the rest of the money's in the back end of the deal. And so, ESPN really needs to have big bills right now. 
Well, and everyone's wondering, when are they going to try and buy Texas out? Texas won't be bought out unless it's for every dime in the deal. Right. What? Some of their coaches are having to tape shows and let cameras in buildings. Yeah, that's that's going to be part of the deal. I want to get back to that in a second. But I, on expansion, I think the Pac-12 is – the Pac-12, Big 12 relationship is the only fulcrum – that will set expansion, realignment, whatever you want to call it, back into motion. I agree. Does the Big 12 make a move to try to pick up some institutions out west? I think it would be a strong move if you got the right ones. And this is what's interesting, especially for Texas, which had the athletic director nightmare known as Steve Patterson, who came from the Pac-12, is a very close colleague confidant of Larry Scott and I just the whole time he was here I just felt like oh my gosh this is Larry Scott's segue back into trying to rekindle the Moby Dick that got away in 2010 because Steve Patterson was pushing all these Pac-12 things like sending the basketball team to China like just ridiculously stupid things in my opinion for Texas and, you know, Saudi Arabia, where his wife is from the United Arab Emirates. And I always felt like they were trying to wheel and deal because he's he's fancied himself or positioned himself. He had a private sports marketing group that you know promoted itself as the if you need to build a stadium, we are your people because he was involved with the Texans in the building of Reliant Stadium. Now, at that time. Now, if you talk to people, he had almost nothing to do with it. It was it was Jamie Roots with the Texans. It, it was Oliver Locke, um, who was on the Houston Sports Commission, the head of it at that time, and probably should have been the athletic director at Texas. But, you know, Patterson, he was over there, and I kept hearing that, you know, he was trying to get involved with stadium construction for the 2022 World Cup because they're building stadiums over in Qatar. And and so anyway, it all just seemed surreal and ridiculous. But if Steve Patterson was still the athletic director at Texas, I could see I could see something. Um, it would probably be more favorable to the Pac-12. Uh, which <laughs> um, which and, makes no sense. They're in a totally right, vulnerable they're, they're position. Sick. They're in the horror. They're the worst. And so <clears throat> Here's my here's my thing. And now and look, Texas has to be involved if something big like that's going to happen. And, and now you got Chris Del Conte, who has worked in the Pac-12. I mean, he was at Arizona, he was at Washington State. You know, in private conversations, he's said you can't pull Arizona and Arizona State out of the out of the Pac-12 because most of their alums live in Southern California. And I'm like, okay, well, pretty short flight over to Texas and all these other places. And he just, you know, has made it sound like that's that's a non-starter. Now, is that cover? But here's the thing. Unless the money goes up significantly, Fitzy, I mean, you have to add so much value to the Big 12 to make the money go up to where those two schools bring in. 40 million each in payout 
And I don't know that that happens. Yeah. If you bring USC and UCLA, okay, now we're talking. And Mike Bone was the AD at Colorado when Colorado left the Big 12. Now he's at USC. Maybe he's maybe he's seen the light of day. Maybe he's pissed at Larry Scott for you know selling him a, a condo on the beach and giving him swampland in Louisiana. Yeah. You see, I think USC is the key. I think if USC you if you offer USC the Texas model, say, hey, you're going to keep your tier three if you want to, and you can do your own thing with your tier three. You don't have to go independent. You can maintain some of your, your rights right there and make more money off of it than other schools can by lumping their tier three in with everyone else. Uh, I think that might get tangible to USC. I don't know. I just don't think the Big 12 has the balls to go do it. Period. And, right. You have to. You can throw Bowlesby under the bus for that, but I think it's been a collective leadership issue among the presidents. John Weefald at Kansas State was was an outside the box thinker. I haven't always thought of. I, I haven't always agreed with some of the stuff he came up with, but he was a big player in the formation of the Big Twelve from the Big Eight Southwest Conference days, and he's trying to think of other ways. I I just don't see that in any of this leadership. That's saying, how how can we uh, ensure our structure and survivability for the long term, since we're so exposed here in the middle of the nation and can be picked at from all directions? Plus, I don't understand why the SEC and Big Ten are set on 14. It's the worst number at which to arrive. Right. 12's good. 16's actually great if you know how to schedule with 16. 14's a mess. I mean, you're in two divisions of seven. It's not even. It's just it's a mess to schedule. Right. And I think I think we'll see the college football playoff expand before we see realignment. I agree. And so, you know, by 25, we'll have an eight-team playoff. All five conference champions will get in, two at large, and then a group of five representative. And that may up the financial ante enough unless you have members of the Pac-12 that are just aching to get out. That may up the ante enough to where everything stays. And and I've said the next big move in realignment really and truly should be the Power Five collectively bargaining their rights the way the NFL does. Because that's where the most money is. The The least efficient model right now is the way it's currently constructed. I mean, you have the SEC go, then you have Pac-12. It's like having the AFC East negotiate <laughs> its rights and then the NFC West. You know, it's like, oh, we got, we got a better deal than you. We're all in this together. It's all college football. Right, right. But because of the regional, you know, idiosyncrasies of college football – the SEC has its, you know, southern roots. We do it this way. We tailgate with, you know, our girls wear dresses to the game and the guys wear khakis and whatever. And and then you have the Big Ten and you have the Big 12. And then in the what is the Pac-12? I mean, everyone's out at the beach. They don't they don't care. How could Scott misjudge that so badly I know. with all those regional networks that that people were going to sit around and watch gymnastics for each, you know, part of their fan bases. It just, it's like, wow. Their demographics are changing so much out West away from 
the typical college sports model. I don't know, man. I just think, I just think the the whole world of college sports is changing out west. Students aren't going to games. Students just don't go to games like they used to out there. Right. They don't. And I, I get it. There's a lot more things going on in the world. There's probably more important things going on in the world. But not if you're in Austin, Texas, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah, I'll throw that in there, too, on a Saturday. It is the most important thing. And I think aligning those schools that still feel that way with fan bases that feel that way is important. I agree. Let me shift gears on you. This Longhorn Network has been a great financial benefit to Texas, but I am of the theory, and you brought it up, that all of the distractions brought on by having your own network of the demands put on for programming is such a distraction for some of these coaches that it has made it challenging, added another layer of challenge to being successful on the field, the court, or whatever it is. Well, considering what Showtime has has done the equivalent of hard knocks with Florida state and, and even to some degree, Alabama, it's bearable. Let's put it that way. And, and they've cut back. ESPN has cut back in in the, the programming because amazingly from the moment the Longhorn network launched, Texas has sucked. Like they had the golden era of Texas athletics, which is another thing you write about during coronavirus. Uh, the 10 most glorious years of Texas Longhorns athletics from 2000 to 2009. So Texas was the centerpiece of realignment in 2010 and was basically calling the shots and could command a $300 million deal. And people would be like, oh, gosh, that's ridiculously high. But Texas was on such a roll. Mm-hmm. I mean, football had you know won a national championship, played for another Men's and women's basketball had been to the Final Four. Baseball had won two national championships, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as the LHN deal went through, Texas turned into hot garbage. And it's never been back. And now the running joke is, you know, when is Texas going to be back? Well, they're not going to be back until they win a Big 12 championship in football. Right. Period. I mean, OU has been carrying the flag for this league in football for good God, a long time, a decade, a decade and five straight championships. So the, the Longhorn network is, it's not the, it's not the distraction to the program that people think it is because they have cut back some on the programming. I've always wondered if Texas gets good again, are they going to ramp the programming back up? Are they going to, yeah, it's interesting. Put the money in because they've laid off a lot of a lot of staff at LHN. It's the same price for people watching, but you cut the product. I, that's unfortunate. I, I knew it had gone awry when I would see promos for it, and you're seeing just weird shows like Gardening with Mac Brown. I'm like, what? What's going on here? You know, it's just it just seemed like they were they were just reaching on everything they could come up with. Right, Augie Garrido had a a restaurant show <laughs> cooking with Augie or something oh, I mean no. delis diners and drive throughs with Augie oh no God oh. bless Augie miss him yeah quite the personality but you're doing good right buddy oh yeah oh yeah you How, know how's uh, that radio show how's waking up at six every freaking morning oh 4 30 every uh, morning yeah I you don't wake up um, at showtime yeah 4 30 i'm probably gonna be dead at 60 but hey you know 
I got a, I got two kids to put through college, so I'm trying to take whatever whatever comes my way and and go for it. You know, I mean, you know this radio's fun. It's mm-hmm. fun. Um, the the three hours you're on the air are are a blast. Everything else about it is kind of a headache. I, radio is so hard to. I should say, getting management, sales, engineering, production, talent, everybody on the same um, page is really tricky. But three hours you're on the air is great. Yeah. Remotes would break my back. Like, hold on. You want me to do my show that I like to be in studio with because it sounds best for the listener, but I'm going to do it from a grocery store. Not, you know, I'm like, no, what? but it pays the bills. So I, I wouldn't want that. And plus, there's no way I could do a show at six in the morning. There's no way I could wake up at 430 in the morning. You want to know why, Chip? Because I'm soft. <laughs> I'm a soft man. I can't do that. I got to have my beauty sleep. And when I mean beauty sleep, it means less ugly sleep. I got to just get the right amount of sleep. So I'm kind of in that pocket, in that zone where I can function. I, I once pitched to the local radio show. They asked me if I wanted to take over the morning show just in passing. And I said, I will do the morning show if it's at noon. So let's do a show called The Morning Show at noon, and that'll be my show. And they didn't like that idea. thought it was confusing, and I thought it makes perfectly good sense to me and most people. If you could do things in the morning that weren't in the morning, wouldn't you do that? Or you could call it just waking up. And just, I think Right. And everyone would go for it. I, I love it. Right. I, I, lo- I love where you're going with this. That's what I like about podcasting. We scheduled a time when we're both free and we'll record it and we can take out all of our boo-boos and, and, you know, the the bad things we've said about other people. And uh, (laughs) I I had to do that on an earlier episode. Um, I won't won't say who it was, but they kind of sounded like this. Fitz, could you go back and take out that part? Yeah, Frank, I can. But I won't say who it was. (laughs) So... Um, uh, yeah, I, I like podcasting. It's fun. I don't know how we monetize it. I'm just, you know, I'm here to look pretty. I look pretty on podcasting and let's do this and see if it works. That's my theory. You're, you are the best. I mean, you're the best follow on Twitter. You're always thinking creatively and we all look to fits for ideas and inspiration and Man, I'm so glad that you and I are on the same team. Oh, it's great. I, I love my team. I love it. I, I There's a few few people left behind I desperately want on this team. They'll be here eventually. But uh, this 24-7 team is pretty remarkable. And uh, I just want another national conference. You know, they're doing the mini conferences. Uh, they had the first one. And then I was supposed to go to the second one in Nashville. And now we don't know when it's at. It's like, you can't invite me to a party and then say, we're not going to have the party. But you had a party for other well, people. At least you got invited. I, don't, I, I, I'm not aware of any invitation for us. Well, they never set a date on it, so it was easy to cancel when they never had a date. <laughs> Apparently, they're going to have they're going to have another one in Las Vegas, and I'm like, well, if that, I'm not invited that one, I'm going. I'm just going to crash that one. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping we were all headed to Vegas. Yeah, those 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 were the days of the old rivals. Yeah, I haven't had a vacation Gee, in a couple well, of years. Why did that version of Rivals go bankrupt after all of us went to the Venetian for three nights? 
and had Mike <laughs> Shanahan speak. And what, what's the comedian? How I don't know what the comedian's name was. He was Arliss. Oh. Arliss. The Arliss. Yeah. Um, yeah. We. It, it was like over the top. Why did that go bankrupt? I have no idea. Yeah. How could that? How could that go wrong? Oh well. Brother, thanks much. I appreciate it. Appreciate you appearing on this uh, crackling podcast that uh, I think my mother doesn't listen to. She's I don't well. Know. Listen, we need to protect you, <laughs> the treasure you are. Thank so let's you, brother. Get through this, and uh, and then you can come down to Austin, and we will tear it up. I know. I stopped traveling when when the sea came to my life. I, I stopped traveling with the football team, and I kind of miss it. I kind of miss my friends in Austin and. I miss going to Morgantown. I love Morgantown. Um, yeah, I just miss bopping around. So I get to see everyone when they come to Manhattan every other year, but that's about it. So You know, I've never been to Norman for a football game because it's always at the Cotton Bowl. I've been I've been to that's Norman. That's right. I've been to Lloyd Noble. Oh, boy. You know, been, been, been to basketball. Never been to Owen Field for a football game. It's a very good experience. I'm scarred because the greatest story not told in college sports was the bombing at the OUK State football game. That's a 30 for 30 that needs to be done when the guy tried to bring in a backpack bomb and how David Boren altered the story to make it sound like it wasn't a potential terrorist attack. What year was that? 2005. Was it Snyder's last year? Uh-huh. We're just sitting there. That was the game best known to K-Staters, the, the game where the punter forgot to go on the field. So they uh-huh. did a quick snap on a punt and it just went through the back of the end zone like there's no punter. Then just this huge explosion outside the stadium and you know, one of the Reporters in the press box who had been over in Iraq or Afghanistan, I can't remember what it was at the time, said that was a bomb. And it was. Kid had blown himself up with a backpack bomb. And I had pretty good sources that tell me they he was on videotape trying to get into the stadium, but security wouldn't let him in with a backpack, which back then, pretty good thinking on their part. And he sat down wow. and adjusted his straps and it went off in the, in the quad or whatever it's called right there. Now he's... Uh, has gone down as a suicide, and he's in the area that honors students who died while enrolled. It's an amazing story that has been glossed over from what really happened. Right, because it's it's a story that no one at OU wants to be oh. told. It's like why it took so long for the sixth floor school book depository memorial to finally be built in Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know, thirty years after JFK was assassinated there they finally acknowledged it you know yep yeah but it's fun uh my other favorite story about covering a game in oklahoma they they had the buffet for the media up on like the video level so you had to go up and for whatever reason this day they were being really uh thin with the portions i mean absurdly thin and my guy d scott fritchin asked for more vegetables not more meat not more you know fruit or vegetables who does that right so the kid working the vegetables picks up one piece of steamed cauliflower and drops it on his plate. That was his extra portion. <laughs> piece of, I'm like, man, times are tough at OU. Wow. It's, they must be running out of money down here with all this football success. Okay, bro. I will talk hey, to you later. I'll catch see- up to you. Tell everyone on the staff down there I love them, and uh, we'll catch up real soon. Will do. You're the best. God bless. Thank you, brother. Talk to you later. 
I can't tell you how much I appreciate Chip's friendship. The last time I saw him in person was at a national 24-7 convention in the spring of 2018 in Nashville. It was on that trip that I received the call that my doctors were confident that I did indeed have cancer. At the time, we didn't know how severe it was or that it had spread, so I didn't bring it up to anyone at the gathering. I just wanted some quality time with friends I don't see all that often. For now, quality time involves picking up the phone or using a video chat to catch up with friends and family, and I'm glad I'm doing exactly that while I'm locked down at home. Chip has been incredibly supportive in my fight with prostate cancer, and you can help me by making sure that if you're a man 45 or older, or you know a man 45 or older, that your or his PSA score gets checked as soon as possible. Well, that's it for another edition of the Life of Fitz podcast, and I'm having an awful good time doing them, and I'll be back real soon with another friend with some stories to tell. Take care, everyone. I'll talk to you real soon. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.